Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. I've been running for a few years now and have the privilege of meeting many incredible runners on my travels all across the country. This podcast is intended to share those amazing conversations. And welcome back. I'm here with Allie and Kayla Hackett from Boston. We are interviewing and recording here in Boston. Actually, it's Cambridge. But uh, anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for joining in today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm excited. For sure. And this is the first three-person podcast I've ever done, and we're not holding microphones, so it's a lot of new all in, uh, all in one here. Um, so first question, and... We can decide who goes first, but who is Allie and who is Michaela Hackett? I'm Michaela Hackett. <laughs> I'm Allie Hackett, and um, we are runners for the BAA. Um, let's see, something unique about Allie, though. I'm taller than Michaela. <laughs> Everyone needs to know that. One and a half inches. <laughs> I'm older. Michaela's older. Yeah. And um, we are accountants at Ernst & Young. Yes. In the John Hancock Tower, and we run all over Boston. <laughs> all over Boston. Awesome. Yeah. So you're both training for the Olympic trials happening here, or happening in about four weeks, yes. um, and you're in different places with training at the moment. Um, what What is it like to live together, train together, and have similar marathon PRs, but be in... A different place of, of uh, progress at the moment? Well, it's a lot of fun having someone who shares the same interests as you and passions. So um, we keep each other accountable. It's awesome just to um, know that she is always up for a run together <laughs> and we always have training partners. Um, yeah. So it was, we were both trained together for most of this marathon buildup. Yes. Um, and it was going really well. And um, then when I got my little foot injury. Michaela. This is yeah, Michaela, this is Michaela talking. <laughs> I have a slight little stress reaction in my left foot. So I haven't ran in like a week and a half. But I've now, the past two days, been on the Alter G. Um, so that's good. I get to run a little bit on the Alter G. And I know Allie's killing her training, even though she doesn't really tell me a lot about it because she probably doesn't want me to feel yeah out. <laughs> I don't, don't want to say, I had a great run, it's going awesome, and then have her say, oh, I wish I could be running too. Like, oh, how was your run? Don't tell me too much about it. I don't want to know. <laughs> so, so jokes aside, how, how do you balance that? Because... You seem to be each other's biggest supporters, and and it's, um, I mean, I've s sort of observed it from the outside, but it's cool to see you two cheering each other on and, and all that good stuff. Um, 
and has it been mostly have has the training lined up pretty well over the last couple of years in terms of picking a race and training for a similar um distance at least yeah so in the past couple of years um we both always pick the same race but we don't end up racing the same race <laughs> our first marathon was supposed to be cim and michaela and me I uh, got injured and didn't run CIM, but Allie ran PR, I mean PR, first debut marathon qualified. And then six months later, I ran Grandma's and she ran the half. Um, so we were both like. And that was 2019? Training. Yes, 2019, June 2019. Um, so we were both like, she was running the half at Grandma's and I was running the full. So we were like, both had the same, I guess, uh, goal race. But yeah, we were, we were definitely training together. Um, and. I was doing marathon training basically, even though I was doing the half, yeah. just because yeah, miles on miles. If we're starting to run together, I'm just probably gonna do her whole run with her. Yeah. Um. So that worked out well. That was fun, and I got to cheer her on for the marathon mm-hmm. and watch her qualify because I knew she could do it because I could do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> true. True. So, why the marathon? Why why something longer than? a half marathon or longer than an hour or what, what is it that, um, that gets you excited about that distance? Hmm. Well, just beginning in college, I remember figuring out the longer I ran, the better I was started like sophomore year when I did the 3k and then the 5k and then junior year when I did the 10k, um, I was always very kind of cautious Like we weren't super high mileage in college um, our coaches were awesome, like giving us like rest when we needed to. And, um, so we didn't really go for longer distances until our junior and senior year when we did that 5k and 10k. And we just remember the long runs were our favorite. So definitely it just was a natural fit. It kind of yeah. just played out that way. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So a question that comes up a lot on this podcast is about balance. And so you both work full-time and train pretty full-time as well. Mm-hmm. How do you manage a high training volume alongside uh, a lot of work as accountants? I ask myself that question every day. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> we get up like around six-ish and do our run like however long and... Uh, for like cut out like two hours in the morning for our runs and then get to work around nine and just and then from there on out it's just you don't think about running you're just at work and we love our job so it's good to it's easy to balance when you love both the things that you're doing and it's not like a super big chore like we love running in the morning so getting up early and running is um, something we enjoy doing and even if we're like, oh, this workout's going to be hard, I don't want to do it, I'm tired. Once we get out the door and start, it's usually pretty awesome. And if it's not, it's okay. We know that there will be bad days and good days. Yeah. For and sure. Then, so a lot of the times, like even when we're marathon training, there's not a lot of time where we can't always bank on being able to like double, like run twice a day. That would that's, be, that's like a, it's like a blessing when we have time after work to like run twice to run again, I mean. And so I also think that that's probably a good thing because it keeps more of that balance. Like if I didn't have a full-time job, I would probably think that, oh, I need to be running more. I need to be running more. 
And I think that's also probably how I got this slight stress reaction is because I'm not used to running super high mileage and I wasn't busy at work and I like ran more. I was like, oh, I'm going to run twice a day, like all the time now. And probably not the best decision for me, at least. Got it. Um, this is a question from a fellow accountant named Brad. He wants to know how calculated your runs are. <laughs> how calculated they are. They're pretty calculated. Sometimes to a fault because, you know, when you're like looking at pace and you're like, oh, it's an easy run. Yeah. I have to go this pace. And obviously that's not the point of easy runs. Yeah. So now I am happy to say they're not as calculated on recovery days, but pretty calculated on workout days. <laughs> yes. And we, we have kind of the same loops that we do around like the Charles River, like from our apartment, like around, we know exactly the miles, the mileage. Oh. And then another question is uh, Cortado Club or Cold Brew Club? <laughs> so for those listening at home or wherever you might be, Cortado Club is a group run on Thursdays. It meets at 7 o'clock and goes for what they call a leisurely stroll around the river. Yes. It's never leisurely, but when it's <laughs> even more not leisurely, it's, it becomes Cold Brew Club. And these two are notorious for <laughs> leading cold. <laughs> cold Brew Club with a little more energy. Um, so, let's see. Cortado Club, Thursday mornings at Heartbreak. <laughs> um, it's supposed to be an easy run, so most of the time it's and most easy. Most of the time it is easy. Depends on how I'm feeling. Depends on how many people are there and who's there. And if you're talking and then you pick up the pace and then you're like blabbing along, just going really fast. <laughs> yeah. It depends on who's there. So, yeah. so you guys bring a lot of fun into your training is what it seems like. Is that, um, has there been a time when training wasn't fun or, or um, you look back to college or you look back to high school or whatever it might be? Is your is your perspective around running different now than it was in the past? Oh, yes. Totally. <laughs> would you say the same? I would definitely say the same. Um, in the long run, it's always been, like, my outlook on training has always been positive. But there have been times, um, yeah, we've had phases where it wasn't, we were way yeah. too hard on ourselves and, like, yeah. stressed How'd you get out. into that? Yeah, so that uh, was in college when we were yeah. putting a lot of pressure on ourselves. Yeah. We were in like a smaller Division One um, conference, and I think there was a lot of pressure on Allie and I to always be one and two in a lot of things. But that it, it was self put. On it was self. Yeah, it was not like oh, like coach was like oh, you have to like win. Like he never said that. We had like such supportive coaches that were like you can win, but like they weren't like you have they to do this. Definitely wanted so us to how enjoy. Did, how did you? How did you get out of that? Um, so, honestly, it was just time and learning and growing yeah. because... Becoming more mature. Becoming, yeah, definitely. Because you can have people tell you, like, oh, do this and it'll benefit you for the long time. Like, you don't have to be so hard on yourself. Like, just be patient. But when it's you in the moment, you you still don't know. You still don't know what that looks like. Or you could know what that looks like and not know how to put it into practice. So it was honestly just like making mistakes and learning from them. Um, so that's that's what happened throughout college. Um, but most of college, I remember like finding so much joy in running. I loved running, so we got like really good. But then I think when we like reached our peak in college and probably wasn't like feeling correctly or not resting enough and then um, almost like face burnout, definitely yeah. overtrained. Um, a little bit and then 
just had to recover from that. And, um, we always we knew did. that we wanted to run after college. So it was always a positive, like enjoyment in our lives. I think. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely did what we could to make sure that we kept running for the rest of our lives. What <laughs> yeah. are some, what are some of the things you know now that you wish you knew five years ago? Um, let's see. I know now that a day off will not kill you <laughs> and it will probably benefit you in the long term. Well, stay safe seasons. My yes, favorite line. I, <laughs> they do. Uh, recovery runs should be a lot slower. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember. Oh, I don't know. I remember in college, like our recovery days was like, well, I still have to run under a seven minute pace. <laughs> like, oh my God. Now, <laughs> now, no way. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's just something we learn from because now I'm like, I'm not racing any slower, but it's just, I'm finding so much enjoyment. And when you're happy, you run, you race the best when you're happy. Yes. So true. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Fast forward 10 years. What will you have accomplished in that time? I definitely want to qualify for the next Olympics, <laughs> Olympic trials. <laughs> um, that and staying healthy and injury free. I think that's my biggest thing. This is Michaela talking. I'm a little bit more injury prone than Allie. <laughs> I've definitely had to deal with like more, oh, can't run for like a month or something. Um, so my goal is to just always be able to run and never have an injury where I can't run for a long period of time. <laughs> so my goal would be also the same because I don't want to think I'm like unbreakable <laughs> or anything. Cause that's definitely not true. I've definitely had flare ups. Um, so my goal also is to stay injury free. And yeah, I think I want to run more marathons. <laughs> yes. Maybe, maybe do one of those things where you like run a marathon in every state. Every state? Ooh. Yeah. I want to do every country. No, not every country, every <laughs> continent. All right. We'll, continent. we'll make a plan. Something yeah. along those lines. <laughs> something so with marathons. It's, it's fun that you highlighted something that's more process oriented and not like a tangible like I want to run a 239 or I want to run this and I think so I talked about this with Lou Serafini on the podcast last week and I asked him I was like what are your what are your long-term goals or or why do you do it and I preempted that by saying there seems to be a consistent trend among elite athletes that I asked this question to he's like well what do they say I was like well you have to answer the question first and then I'll tell you but it's more of the like process oriented, journey oriented, enjoying every day or most days versus like, I want to do this. I want to do that uh, from a from a time standpoint. And I wonder why amateur runners are so set on time oriented goals where elite runners seem to be more oriented to or or interested in loving the process and loving the day in and day out and that's a means to get to the trials or the olympics or this and that so what do you think the disconnect is between people who are doing it at a high level not focusing on the outcome like ben rosario was the first um interview i ever did on this or the first episode i ever released and he was talking me through a pre-race meeting he's like we never talked about time. We didn't talk about any of that. We talked about what you can control. We talked about the things that you've done to get here. And if you do the work, the results will come. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the best coaching groups in the country. He's one of the best coaches in the country. Mm -hmm. And then you have like 
even personally, like I spent four years, like I must break three. I must break three. That's all that matters. And it took a shift from I need to break three to I want to have as much fucking fun as possible running. And then I broke three. And it was like, I started on that day. I was like, if I, if I break three today, that's icing on the cake. I got to the start line, like super happy. Mm-hmm. So as someone who is achieving results or as, as two athletes that are achieving results um, and you're doing it at the higher end, why do you think amateur runners are missing that mark? And not entirely, but yeah. it seemed to be a lot. It's a very long question. No, no, it's good. It's good. I agreed with what you're saying. Um, hmm. Amateur runners probably haven't had a, enough experience. They probably look at the elites and think, oh, like they're getting these times. They're getting the results too. So they think, oh, I must get the results. But they don't see the full story and the whole process and probably don't understand that it took years of like mistakes yeah. and trial and error. Like, to find the that like the process is what I don't know. Yeah, it when works. when we were amateur runners not too long ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> back in my day, <laughs> two um, years ago. Yeah, <laughs> really. Um, I definitely thought that um, oh, you know, like winning titles or like achieving a time would like like you set goals and reach them and that's how like you progress, which is true to an extent. But, um, once you have met certain times or goals, you realize that that's not the end and that's not going to be bring you long. Yeah. It's not going to bring you enjoyment. Scott Fobble said, if you, if you don't define yourself by your failures, why should you define yourself by your successes? Exactly. Ooh. I think that's a good, that's that's a good deep. quote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he said that after an incredible performance at Boston. So he yeah. had that high. Yeah. And he was like, all right, I'm going to celebrate it for 24 hours and then yeah. back on the horse. Yeah. I think a lot of amateur runners would probably think that, oh, once I reach this goal, then I can be satisfied and maybe even like done because they probably don't have that same joy. Like if, if you're just running just to say, Oh, like, okay, I'm going to run as a chore and I have to just meet, meet this time and then I'll be done and I don't have to like run again or something. Whereas obviously people who are professional runners don't want that. They want to keep running. So it's, they're going to be happier long-term if they, um, just, yeah, focus on the process. Um, because they know that even if they, meet um their goals or their times and they're still going to keep running so um i think that it's good to you know like focus focus on the process basically is gratitude something that you consciously think about yes i feel like i do a lot tell me more yes so i don't one thing i don't do is um like gratitude journals or anything like i'm just so bad at journaling everyone Obviously, I hear that all over social media and people say to, you know, um, make a list of all the things you're thankful for or, like, keep a journal. And I'm just very bad at but doing I all that. But I think you do it in your mind. But like, I do it in my head. Okay. I don't write it down. 100%. But do you have a practice where, like, okay, every day at 7 is what I'm going to no, think I about it? Definitely. No, I probably think about it when I'm running. 
honestly. <laughs> it's not structured. It's very just, um, I feel happy and blessed. So I'm going to be super thankful for, you know, my situation, even if I'm like, oh, I'm struggling with work, running balance. Whenever I find myself thinking of that, I just think of how lucky we are and how many people would like kill to be in our situations, like just being able to do both, being able to run and work and be happy about it with a smile on your face. So <laughs> even when I'm like, I don't know, going through a bad day, I just think about that and then I'm like, oh, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Michaela, you jumped to answer this question. It sounded like you were super uh, excited about... What about the... Wait, what was the gra- question? Gratitude. Oh, gratitude. Yeah. I, I feel very blessed when I can run, probably because I'm in an injured state right now, <laughs> that when I can same. run... And I feel the same way. Like, I'm like, oh, yes, like, I'm still so... I've, even though I'm injured, I still feel blessed because I ran on an altergy today. <laughs> I ran... Like, I'm injured, and I still ran. How many people can do that? Like, I don't know. So every time that I can run, I'm just really blessed and really glad. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the crew you run with. Um, so you all, you both have some pretty awesome training partners. Um, running with some amazing athletes on the course for long runs and, and different groups for, for weekdays. Um, let's talk about the, the long runs in particular. So, long runs. The past month, we've been going on the uh, Boston Marathon course, um, just getting hills for Atlanta. Yeah. Um, Honestly, our, the groups that we run with changes Very week. spontaneous. Probably two days before is the longest we'll plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I have a teammate, Katie Kellner, who just texted us this morning, like, hey, are you guys working out on Tuesday? Let's get together. And I said, yes, I would love that. So Tuesday morning, we're going to be doing a track workout together. Yeah. Um, long runs. Caitlin Goodman um, on BAA from Rhode Island um, comes up like Sunday mornings a lot to run the Boston Marathon course with us recently. Um, and Amanda Nurse. And other Amanda Nurse. Yeah. Other DS athletes. Veronica joined you guys last week, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we run also a lot with, like, um, Tracksmith, Tracksmith and Heartbreakers. And BAA, of course, because that is our team. <laughs> so what's the what's the dyna- dynamic with BAA? How did that come about? So it came about when we were driving across the country, coming back from college after we graduated. Which was in Texas? Yes. yes we went to college in Texas at Abilene Christian University. Yep. Go Wildcats. Yeah. (laughs) And we drove home with a rented SUV and a big turtle on top. Yeah. Wait, what? The big... Are they Tuli? Oh, the (laughs) Tuli. Tuli. Tuli turtle. It's like a little little shell on top of your car. Yeah, it's a car turtle. I'm going to call it a turtle. (laughs) And, And so all of our stuff, we packed in there and drove across the country. And obviously we were like going out to dinner. Um... And we were just sitting at dinner, and we were like, all right, what team are we going to join? Let's reach out to people. And we looked at the BAA, saw their, um, like, they have their racing time standards, racing team standards on their website. So we were like, oh, we could qualify for this. And we emailed Coach Michael McGreen, and he got back to us right away saying he would love to give us a spot on the team. 
And the rest is history. That was it. <laughs> so is he, does he write programs? Mm-hmm. Yes. Cool. Yeah. He's great. He wrote all of our marathon build-ups. And, yep. Uh, continues to do so. What does a week of training look like? So Sundays are long runs and Mondays are easy. And then we have a track workout either Tuesday or Wednesday. We can mod of, um, we can pick which day usually depending on how we're feeling. If we need an extra day to recover, we do workouts. On Especially Wednesday. if the Sunday long run was like marathon 20 yeah, miles. Yeah, if the Sunday long run was pace. Yeah, you guys did like a 640, <laughs> 650, yeah. 23 miler. Oh yeah, that was last week. That was, that was a grand old time. Stout run. <laughs> um, so, yeah, workouts either Tuesdays or Wednesdays, and then tempos on Friday. Thursday's always Cortado. Yep. <laughs> Thursday, you can't you can't skip Cortado Club. Just kidding, I have from sleeping in. All right, I have to say this because Jared told me to give him a shout-out. <laughs> that's where I met my boyfriend, Cortado. Uh, that's true. He runs for heartbreak. So yeah, nice. Yeah, so Cortado Club is great. If you want to just run or, you know, meet your significant other. <laughs> It was a grand old time. <laughs> the Boston running scene also yes. doubles as a dating scene. Yeah, For sure. <laughs> yeah, it does. And then, uh, yeah, then Fridays are tempos along the Charles River usually. It's our go-to spot. Or some Beacon Hill repeats. Oh, yeah. Always and the common. Yeah, some so Beacon Hills, nice. Yeah. Beacon Hills. Beacon Hill Hills. <laughs> it's just it's four hills. Okay. Yeah, and so that's what a week of training looks like. Cool. How often do you take a rest day? Um, I like to say every other Monday. Yeah. It's normally Mondays because it's recovery after the long run. Um, sometimes. I, yeah. we, when people ask me that at work, I'm like, oh, I don't really take rest days. <laughs> or like, I take Only them. when I really feel like I need it. Yeah. But I'm happy to say I've um, practiced more of taking, being proactive with taking rest days rather than doing it only when I'm in desperate need. Um, so I took a rest day last week on Wednesday in the middle of the week because I did a workout on Tuesday. And I said, you know what? I think tomorrow's a rest day. And I took it as a rest day and I didn't run. And I'm very proud of myself for doing that. Good job, Allie. Well done. Thank you. So I think I will continue that. Nice. Yeah, like every other week maybe. Yeah. Um, what are you afraid of? Oh, I knew this question was coming. Yeah. Why do I prepare more? <laughs> What am I afraid of? I'm afraid of hmm, having an injury where I can't run anymore ever. I knew you were gonna say. I know. <laughs> I know. I could say something like, "Oh, I'm afraid of yeah, not being able to run," or um, it's not a lot of things I'm afraid of. Yeah, or like something really deep, like losing you. <gasps> oh, that, that's, my, that's my oh, that's my worst nightmare. Yeah, because. She's my other half. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I would say I'm afraid of like losing my passion for like um, I don't know running or anything else. Um, but I don't think that would happen, so I'm not really afraid of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you do to keep the passion? Um, always, whenever I feel myself like. Um, I don't know, kind of thinking of anything like a chore, like running or, um, I don't know, anything in life that I like enjoy doing. If I find myself not enjoying it, I like take a step back, relax, um, kind of just take time to reset, do a puzzle, do, do puzzles. We love doing puzzles. Watch some Netflix, 
take a nap. <laughs> is napping part of your recovery? Routine? Actually, no. I don't remember the last time I took a nap because I never have time for them. I I took a nap yesterday for the first time in a while. In a while. Because I, yeah. Also, I work for a yeah. doctor's appointment and went home. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I got in the groove of uh, last fall. Um, I would do my long run and nap and then do the Sunday run and nap. And I did that for like six weeks straight. So every Saturday and Sunday. And it was amazing. Nap. Yeah. yeah. So, actually, fun fact. Actually, not a fun fact. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> in college, it's just a fact. It's just a fact. <laughs> it's not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> in college, I think that's when I was um, facing burnout, too, was when um, I was a junior, senior, and, like, classes were very low-key. I didn't have that many. And I was – I had reached, like – the point where everyone expected me to kind of win a lot of things and I was running all the time and I said, okay, well, I have to nap every day because I'm going to, you know, live the life of a professional runner, recover, run. It's like, I have to nap. I, I have, have to recover. Nap. And there was... <laughs> napping became a chore. It really that did. It, it did. It was amazing. I dreaded it and because half the time I couldn't fall asleep and if I couldn't fall asleep I thought something was wrong with me like, oh my god body recover recover why don't you recover <laughs> and then so we were stressing more and then obviously that's not good for recovery so now I if I don't feel like napping I'm not gonna force my like I just don't really nap anymore but I do make sure I get enough sleep at night so like if I'm tired obviously I'll nap but if I'm not tired I'm not gonna be like body go to sleep how many hours a night do you sleep um eight on the average if anywhere between seven and nine, and last night I got nine, it was wonderful. Anywhere between seven and nine, and I'm good. Like, if I get seven, I'm like, uh, eh, all right, I could have gotten eight, but you know, shake it off. It's okay. I'm not gonna be like I was in college and be like freaking out, like, oh my god, I only got seven hours, I'm gonna die. <laughs> so, um, social media is uh, definitely a part of being an athlete today. Um, I know a lot of people that know you guys from across the country through Instagram. Mm -hmm. So how do you use a platform like that um, as part of what you do as athletes? Hmm. I probably should use it more like to promote, I don't know, like my team and like the races I'm doing, but I find myself scrolling through Instagram but not posting it a lot. Yes, <laughs> true. I'm. That should be a New Year's resolution of mine to like maybe document a few more things. Yeah, I'd like to document more. Because people do like to see um, the things that, like, you're doing or that bring you like joy. Like the real things. Yeah, the real Not things. just the highs. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, I'm just really bad at coming up with captions. So, that, oh, that 75% of the time I don't post anything because I'm like, this is a good picture. I don't have a caption. <laughs> yeah. Don't so it. I Make it a caption contest. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Caption this. <laughs> yeah. You can only do that once, though. <laughs> Save it for a good photo. It's <laughs> a caption this account. Yeah. So it's not it's not an intentional effort. It's sort of like if it happens, it happens. Yeah, yeah for I'd sure. Say, I'd say you're doing a good job for the thank you unintentional effort. But um, we have a couple. We have another accounting joke. Uh, what are you, what are your favorite numbers? This is also from Brad. My favorite number. Do you have one? <laughs> I feel like I did at one point and I forgot what it was. I do, I do not have a favorite number. We can, we can move on. All right. I like all numbers. All numbers are good. I'm not sure um, against numbers. Who is your favorite Seidel sister? Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> it's from Molly. <laughs> it's from Molly. It's I, you, Molly. No, <laughs> I can't. I can't choose. Uh, no, John, I can't choose. John Baker wants to know who would win in a fight. Oh, for sure, me, me. Kayla, me. Allie, you know it's me. That's just because I don't like to fight that much, so I don't fight back a lot. Because I just want the fight to be over, and I'm like, Mikhail, stop. Because she has more of a temper. So, but <laughs> but she knows she knows that when I do fight back, I can break something. Ali has perked up a lot here, and she's inching closer and closer to Mikhail. Oh, no. <laughs> I fun fact: I did break her finger last summer. She oh. did. We were 24. Okay. And she pulled and twisted I would just like my to, pinky finger. For the record, I would just like to say that when we were this little, is, this is on the record. Oh here. yes, yes. <laughs> When we were little, like 10 and under, we physically fought all the time. And then, you know, we grew up, we matured. I would say we didn't physically fight for the majority of our life now. And then last summer, I don't know why, she just was getting... I got, I I guess I got on a nerve. She did. (laughs) She twisted my finger. It wasn't even like a, it was just a little cat fight, like shoving each other, like, ugh. And then I just grabbed her hand and I just twisted it and yanked it. And then next thing I knew, her pinky was broken. Um, Let that be a lesson to you. And she is, she, I think she was more sad about it than I was. I was, I was, was I didn't even cry and she started crying. (laughs) She broke my finger. I'm the one who got the finger broken. I didn't cry. And then Allie cried because she felt sad. So I bad. Felt so bad. I was like, what did I just do? This is not good. And that was just, that was a low point. <laughs> but it's okay. So, did you guys do the classic twin thing in elementary school or middle school? Pretending Switching. to be each other. So, when we were in elementary school, and like, you know, we were in the same class and just sat next to each other. Sometimes, I guess, we'd switch desks, but definitely. I think it was, fun. I think when you think about twins switching spots, it seems more... Uh, exciting than it actually is yeah we never really did that also because for the first nine years of our schooling we went to this a private little small catholic school with the same people so then like by like a couple years everyone knows the difference between you right and then our if our teachers didn't our teachers knew the difference they would just get us mixed up anyway so we didn't even have to trick them (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh well you already don't know who i am (laughs) so we talked a little bit about um, college and training in college. There's a lot of discussion these days about changing that dynamic. And um, Mary Kane has been very vocal on like changing women's sports. Mm-hmm. What do you think it's going to take to make something like that happen? Hmm. And we're going from... I think- fun to serious real quick here. (laughs) Um, I think just making it more public, like those things that Mary Kane, like she brought it up. So that in itself, I think is going to make a change because it's going to change the mindset of women in college. I think. Yeah. I think there's only so much you can do from the outside. Um, Even if you were a coach for someone, you can definitely, you know, promote the healthy atmosphere and attitude. Um, But a lot of it could be internal. Yeah, you definitely have to, like, learn um, through mistakes. Hopefully you don't make that, like, any, like, huge mistakes um, in college with, like, fewer, being too hard on yourself. But 
if you make a little bit of mistakes, you'll grow and learn. Um, at least that's what happened for us. Yeah. Um, we're, we're kind of close to the, like, we're, well, we were definitely under fueling a lot in college. Oh, yeah. Like, definitely so what was that, what was that like? It, and and was it systemic? Where was everyone on your team? No, no, it, it was, was just basically us. Yeah, <laughs> on our team. When I look yeah. back, because it was also just at that same point in college where I was talking about like, like napping was stressful because I couldn't sleep, and then like we were under fueling and putting a lot of pressure on ourselves, and it was all and, just because uh, we had this pressure on ourselves to like always be the best, and we had to be doing everything right. Which and also when you when you have a twin, perfect. it's also very easy to like compare. Like if she's doing something, I should be doing something, or like oh she's doing that, I should be doing that kind of thing. Yeah, like we're identical. We have to be exactly the same. And but obviously, that's, I know. But our team as a whole was, I think, had a healthy like atmosphere and dynamic. It's just like us personally putting that pressure on ourselves. Yeah, Which, so we did get over that, and it has been great ever since. How did, <laughs> we, yes. how did you get over it? Um, just honestly, like, I think reading about stuff like that Mary Kane put out, and more, like, when that started coming, becoming more... Like, normal. Normal, like, no, you don't have to be, like, hungry all the time and super skinny to, like, run fast. Yeah. When I started hearing that more, um, like, Tina Muir came out with, a th- like... When her she was her. like, yeah. yeah, her book, and when she was like, I was under feeling and whatever, like, it's it became more like easy to accept. Okay, I don't have to like completely yeah. be hungry or like under feeling or counting calories. And but that was something that you did yeah. experience. Yeah. Oh yeah, and yeah. I am very happy we got through that. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's in the past. So what Definitely. what advice do you have for someone who might be going through that currently? Definitely, just. Be nice to your body because it is working for you, not against you, as you may think. (laughs) Um, So just being kind to yourself and doing doing what's right for the long term, which is fueling and relaxing and having fun and letting... Not stressing about how much you eat. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Let yourself enjoy having fun with friends or... Staying out a little later than you think you should, and having a couple beers. Yeah, <laughs> not if you're under twenty one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So just just be kind to your body because it is working for you, not against you. <laughs> cool. I think that's good advice. Um, what we we went through the. Um, what do you think? What do you think is next? What's what's after Atlanta? What's after February 29th? Oh, oh, we know actually Boston. <laughs> well, so coach said that it could he didn't want to like say, "Oh, you could probably run Boston." He, he didn't want to tell us that until after the trials because we want he wants like you know make it to the trials and like then assess after how we're feeling don't want to like push too hard but i think it would be really fun just to run boston so yeah. we might in the back of my mind for the past like three months i'm like i want to do boston 2020 like i want to do boston this year um but then i was like oh, but it wouldn't be a good idea to do it after the six weeks after the trials um or seven would you fun run it or would you race it so 
I have a lot of, I put a lot of thought into this. So kind of fun run, kind of race, like race without super high expectations, basically. Um, Because the first time I run Boston, I always said like, it's not going to be for a very fast time, obviously, because the course is so hard. So if I'm not going for time anyway, then why not do it after the trials if I'm not going to go for time anyway? Like, just do it for fun. Um, which and it's a good attitude. I yeah, which is a good attitude. And now that we've been running on the Boston Marathon course so much, oh, I really, really... <laughs> Isn't it wild out it. there? Yeah. It's so crazy. And we've only done the back half, like the last half. Yeah. We've never started... I've never started from the like the beginning yeah. and done the first half. we got to train for those downhills. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But if you go out and back on heartbreak, you go up and So I think it's harder going out than coming back. Especially oh, really? from That's Newton. true. Yeah. Because normally you get a headwind on the way out and the hills are harder. No, yeah, that's true. When we like run from Boston yeah. and run out, like it's a lot harder. Mm. Even though you're going down heartbreak. When you come back at the end, of the but what like, people oh, don't overall, it's easy. But what people don't realize is that it's just three little hills or four little hills mm-hmm. followed by long Flat. descents. Mm-hmm. So if you're going the other way, you're getting long, gradual inclines yes, with some steep hills, yeah. Yeah, downhills, yeah. Um, and then magically a week before the marathon, the wind changes direction. Of course, and it's a headwind the whole way, <laughs> just both ways. Wow. I know. Um, well, awesome. So. Last question, what do you wish people knew about you? Hmm. What do I wish people knew about I'm me? I'm pretty open book. I feel like a lot of people know a lot about me. <laughs> um, hmm. We can come back to that one, but where can <laughs> where can we find you on social media? Okay. Um, That's an easy see. one. Yeah. My Instagram handle is Allie underscore underscore Hackett. To A-L-L-I-E. Yes, underscore underscore Hackett. And then if you find me, you can find Kayla. <laughs> True. <laughs> Tell one of her posts. I'm tagging it probably. So probably I'm just at Michaela Hackett. I think that's it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining today. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. Like many long runs, it's sad when it has to end. I hope you join in next week on For the Long Run. And in the meantime, happy trails. If you've enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too.